0: my gosh i am so excited to welcome you to the simple mama life podcast where we are just trying to get through motherhood that is messy fun and most of all getting our ish together so grab your coffee or wine i'm not judging and come and join us as we see real mamas like you and me trying to bring chaos to calm in their life. And for those that do not know me, I'm Tanya Marie, and I cannot wait to walk with you in this journey of motherhood. Hey, my beautiful friends. Today, I've had to do this podcast. Yep has been sitting on my heart for a few days and I've been seeing more and more people posting about this in their Facebook and Instagram. So it is something that I need to talk about, which is the psychological aspect of stress. Now, everyone is affected by stress and reacts to it in different ways. In fact, there's actually good stress and there's bad stress. The good stress is the optimal amount of stress that allows us to be energized and motivated to do work. It's kind of like when you have guests coming over and you need to clean that house or the bananas on the counter are brown so you need to cook and bake with them. Or maybe there is a deadline at school or work or um, at your, your personal job. So those are good stressors, and these help to encourage and develop coping methods and strategies, which increases our resiliency. Then there is the bad stress. This occurs when our coping methods and mechanisms are overwhelmed and we don't do our best. We're seeing this a lot more because of the the wild world that we are in. And this stress is more likely to have negative effects and when we're not doing very good, we aren't feeling good, we're not doing good. And this kind of is those name-calling aspects that we are seeing on the TV and on um, social media, those kind of ideas. So what can we do is know that research shows the way we respond to stress is not fixed. Alleluia! right? We actually can influence this by learning stress management and coping methods and strategies. And this can make us more resilient and help change the bad stress on our bodies through to more of a less heightened response. So today, actually, what I want to do is I want to talk to you a bit about the mind-body-feeling connection. What this is, is that the research shows and acknowledges that our feelings can reduce our stress response and positively affect our mind-body's learning behavior. So calming down our body will help to calm the racing mind. And this is really good to adapt in early life However, we're constantly adapting, changing, and growing. So we can use this one too. I want you to think about this as a circle. And in the middle of the circle, there is our stress. And it equally impacts our body, our feelings, our mind, and our behaviors. And it's a free-flowing circle, so it goes backwards and forwards, and the stress can impact any part of our body and if what we do with that and how we impact that stress and how we get those coping methods impacts how our body will respond, how our feelings will respond, how our mind responds, and how our behavior. So, some practice tips that I'm going to leave you with today because I always want to leave you with something of value. And especially in this this world, like here in Canada, we're going to Thanksgiving Long Weekend. Um, I know down in the States, in the Amer- uh, United States, there is some holidays coming up. And as always, December 25th around the world is Christmas. So there is some big holidays coming up. And I want to give you two practice tips today. And the first one is to listen. We're not going to judge so this is something that we can listen to our own bodies, we can listen to our own feelings, we can listen to our own, our own behaviors and mind. We can journal it to help. Or if we are working with our children, we want to provide children with a way of expressing their feelings and providing safe limits. So something effective might be, I see you're feeling angry when you are ready to talk you can come tell me what happened." This allows them, their feelings, provides safety boundaries, and allows them to start to recognize those feelings in their body. The second one is to talk to children and adults about how they feel in their body, how these feelings are feeling in their body. So as young as even three, four, and five-year-olds, depending on their language, we can use questions what do your hands and feel, or hands and feet, want when you feel angry? Where do you feel the energy inside your body, and how does your stomach feel when you are worried? These questions, my friends, can actually be used today with you as well. I remember when um, our oldest would always walk around with these clenched fists whenever he got this stress feeling in his body. And I would talk to him about, Oh, your hands are just in balls of clenches. You must be so angry. And then that started to get him to recognize where his body was. And later he'd be like, I am so angry. My hands just curve up and we were able to talk through and release those tensions from the body. So it can be done early, And later in life, I still need to work on it. And you know what? I would love to hear from you. Comment below which of these practice tips or what made sense or give me your most aha moment because I want to have that conversation with you. And you know what? If you got value, I would love if you could like this and share this with somebody else who needs to bring a little more uh, calm to their chaos, and even you know what, you can grab a screenshot and share it onto your Instagram stories, and I will give you a shout out. So, also head to our website, a and that's how Canadians say it like a e h wonderingfamily.com for some of your freebies and join our group on Facebook. Okay, adios, and I love you all.